You're listening to Audio Interference, produced by Interference Archive. Interference Archive is a social space, exhibition venue, and OpenStax archive of social movement materials. Our work is rooted in the belief that our shared histories should be held in common and accessible to all. I'm Louise Barry. In this episode, I'm talking to the creator of our neighborhood pirate radio station. Broadcasting from the bottom of the canal, this is RFG, RadioFreeGowanus.org. So my name is Michael Clemo, and I do Radio Free Gowanus, and Radio Free Gowanus is a, a kind of pop-up pirate radio station, uh, and we do an annual broadcast typically coinciding with the Gowanus Open Studios. Mike is a sound artist. He had a hard time integrating his work into the format of the open studio until it occurred to him to turn his studio into a radio station. Had this idea um, sort of spurred on by a friend of mine uh, who's also an artist, um, Matthew Skomorowski, who lived nearby. We got together and um, uh, purchased a a 10-watt radio transmitter and decided that sort of the best way to go about... um, doing sound art in practice for those particular events was to kind of host a discussion. So instead of isolating people in headphones, what I did was I invited them in and said, come talk to me, come request a song, come sit down. And, and it was a, a much, much more rewarding interaction. And it was also a bit of theater because we were sort of in the open. People could come in and sort of watch their friends be interviewed so do you have any idea of who your listeners are? So uh, so we broadcast on FM and we also broadcast on the internet. When the internet thing is going, we get some stats from that. The FM piece, we never know. There's no, there's no real way to know. There's not the kind of analytics that we have. Um, I think that's interesting also. There is kind of like a mystery to me. It's like, I don't know who's listening. I have a feeling, given how many people that I know actually own FM radios, that there aren't that many people listening. But again, I think that there is a kind of magic to sitting down and knowing that if they wanted to, they can hear my voice right now. And I think that that is something that people experience when they come and they sit down. They're like, oh my God, I'm on the air. Do you have an idea of what the listening range is? Would you be able to describe it? I have I have a very good idea about this. Um uh, originally, when I was doing this, I, I had a car and sussed out the borders of its broadcast range. A lot of it has to do with the wattage of the uh, of the transmitter, but then I would say that much more of it has to do with the position and line of sight to the antenna. I think that you know its far reaches were a mile or a mile and a quarter at best. So due north. You can still kind of pick it up um, around Atlantic Avenue, south, uh, probably as far as the highway, and then things get kind of complicated by buildings and stuff like that. Uh, Towards the east, it does go up the hill, but it doesn't go far up the hill because there's a lot of buildings in the way, and uh, it did not get... It does not reach quite to the park. West, it goes pretty far because we have line of sight, you know, over 
the, you know, through the trestle and, you know, over all those low lying buildings near the canal. And I could pick it up almost as far as um, Van Brunt in uh, Red Hook. Next, we're going to hear Underwater Phantoms by Barbara Ellison. Radio Free Gowanus, for me, originally, it was a stunt. You know, it's like, this is something, it, it's a bit of rebellion, right? We're doing something that's illegal. There, there are low-power FM licenses that the FCC gives out. But interestingly, in, in, they, they made that legislation as a response to a number of, um, to the sheer number of pirate radio stations that were there. And these pirate radio stations were there serving small communities. So it was... Um, you know, underserved communities in uh, urban areas who could reach a, a, a large number of people in a small area using these like low power broadcasts. And they did this and they were so rampant and the FCC was having such a hard time uh, prosecuting them that they ended up passing legislation to provide low power um, FM licenses. And there was a stipulation in this, which was sort of like a and twist of the knife at the very end, there's a stipulation that if you have ever been a pirate, you are ineligible for this. You know, in a way, my doing this is also putting myself on a blacklist for that type of legislation. So the um, the radio station, it's appearing in Gowanus Open Studios in a studio building. So it's already sort of in this art context. Is that um, how you see it? Do you see it as part of your art practice or do you think maybe it's something else? I mean, I definitely see it as part of my art practice. Whether or not it can be read as more than that, I leave open. In some ways, the event of broadcasting for Radio Free Gowanus every year is a kind of way in which I can record my interactions with the arts community here. Also, even just, you know, these are sort of random occurrences. There are was an interesting moment the first year when uh, Councilman Bradlander just kind of breezed in, just un- unannounced. It had followed a group of people who had come in and who were sort of kind of like quetching about like rent prices. And then a person I had invited from the neighborhood, Adam Matta, had come in and, and was just beatboxing. And then soon after that, another group of um, people from... Windsor Terrace came and did a demonstration of change ringing with handbells. And that was all just one day in, you know, like the first year we did that. I had these three boys come into the studio, you know, this year. And it was just this kind of really strange thing. These three kids must have been like seven, seven years old. They sat down. And they they put the headphones on and they realized that they could hear their own voices. And, like, they all started screaming all at once. And then they, like, kind of tested the boundaries out. And I just sort of sat there and, like, let them do it. Um, but then when they 
when they sort of figured out what was happening, then I was able to like have this conversation with these three little boys. And it was just kind of amazing. And I think that those moments are kind of also a really important part of it, the sort of serendipitous, strange things. So it sounded like you went from kind of like a freeform radio station the first year to the following year, it was all about evictions and Gowanus. In, in 2015, I had planned to do more of the same from the previous year. Uh, but then I heard that this building on 2nd and 9th had uh, changed hands, that the new owners uh, had a 101-year lease, that they were going to evict everyone in that building. And I started to think, well, this would be a good um, a good way to kind of leverage this platform as kind of a journalistic platform and to work with Arts Gowanus and Abby, Abby Subak is the, the person who, who runs Arts Gowanus and organizes the Gowanus Open Studios. There was a, a meeting that took place in that building in which I think that the general consensus of that was that there wasn't really much we could do, but we should make a, as big a noise as possible. I sort of dedicated my efforts on Radio Free Gowanus to that. And then there was a small action uh, sort of demonstration uh, the next day. And I had a- arrived with my you know, recording equipment and interviewed people. We talked on the street. We talked to Brad Lander. We talked to the artists. And then kind of put that together into a podcast. Houston Capital Group LLC, all in all realty, for all realty, Maserati Realty, Ribellino Family LLC. This kind of leads me to another question, which is maybe a little bigger question, but how do you see the radio station in relationship to the neighborhood? I think I ask myself that question every year. I do this. I do it every year. Um, I think that it's an important thing to do. I don't think my motivations are the same as people who are trying to serve underserved communities. I think that, you know, my motivations are very much uh, kind of it as a bit of theater, it as a stunt, it as a, a, a kind of active rebellion. I think that it is, I think that it is interesting. I think that it is entertaining. I think that I really enjoy when there are things happening in the area that I can plug into and I can kind of amplify. I like that. I want to continue doing that. You know, so 2015 was like a really important, you know, year for that. Making the noise is part of it. So do you think that this is a project that you would continue far into the future? I mean, what if you were to move to a different studio? I think the Radio Free Gowanus project will last as long as I'm in the area. I think my exploits with an FM transmitter are far from over. Because it's called Radio Free Gowanus, and because it initially started as this kind of community project and community radio, um, it definitely sort of prevents it from becoming like a, a platform solely for me, which, you know, is alternately sort of frustrating and kind of awesome. And I think that, um, you know, all the magical moments, uh, they're not me playing my own work over the radio. Audio Interference is produced by Interference Archive. The archive is collectively run and volunteer-powered. If you like what you heard today, consider making a donation to help keep the archive up and running. Just go to interferencearchive.org and click on Donate. If you can't make a donation but would like to show your support, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.
We are uh, we are back here at Radio Free Gowanus, RadioFreeGowanus.org and 88.5 FM in the Gowanus area. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, it has been a